NITV Radio, on mobile, online and on radio. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land NITV Radio broadcasts from, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation and their elders past and present. We also acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander tribes and clans we broadcast to, from the mountains to the plains, from the desert to the sea, from freshwater to saltwater. Yama, and welcome to NITV Radio. I am Bertrand Tungandami. Coming up in your program this Monday, February 26th, we have some current affairs stories brought to us by NITV's NOLA program, including the story of remote Northern Territory communities who are calling for a Senate inquiry into telco companies operating in the bush. And we also have a story about a property row in Queensland that's seen a positive resolution with land being handed back to traditional owners. We're also expecting some special guests in the studio in the program today, Ngalama woman, jazz and blues singer Lois Olney and master guitarist Dave Johnson from WA. When they get here, we'll talk about their performance in House of the Heart, a celebration of the Lunar New Year, the Year of the Dragon, love, culture, home and family. But first, the latest news. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy. The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. In this bulletin, the Kumanjai Walker inquest has resumed with Zachary Rolf set to give final evidence. Trade is gone strike at Canberra's Parliament House over a pay dispute. And Australia sanctions Russian prison, ofi- prison officials after the death of Alexei Navalny. Long-running inquest into the shooting death of an Aboriginal teenager in Central Australia has resumed in Bantwe Alice Springs. Zachary Rolf, the former police officer who fatally shot Kumanjai Walker, will be among the last to give evidence. Ahead of his appearance, Mr. Rolf's lawyers filed a last-minute submission seeking to restrict the scope of his evidence. The legal team argued questions regarding eight use of force incidents, his police force application, and a series of racist text messages should not be admissible. The Nationals Party have confirmed that Barnaby Joyce will not be present in Parliament this week following the airing of footage showing the MP lying on a Canberra street. The former Deputy Prime Minister had previously refused invitations to take personal leave after blaming mixing alcohol with prescription medication for the incident. Leader David Littleproud has told Channel 9 he is happy to accept the MP's temporary absence from Canberra. I'll take Barnaby on his word. He, he won't be here this week. He's notified me that he won't be coming to pub. He's having the week off, which uh, we gave him the opportunity to, to, to undertake with his family, and uh, I respect that. Uh, and I hope, uh, hope he went to church yesterday and, and all he had was altar wine. 
Independent MP Helen Haynes has introduced a bill to Parliament that she says will crack down on political pork barreling in the processing of grants. Under the private member's bill, all federal grants would need to have publicly available selection criteria and would need to be merit-based. There would also be extra reporting to the Parliament about the selection criteria of a grant program. Ms. Haynes says the bill would also require ministers who have gone against departmental advice about the awarding of a grant to explain to Parliament why the funding has been allocated. The federal government says it will be a few months before it delivers a formal response to the university's accord report that has recommended a suite of changes to Australia's higher education sector. Battle lines have already been drawn in the sector with the collective group of eight universities arguing their court's funding proposals could ruin the international standings of Australian universities. The National Union of Students says it intends to work with the government to achieve a new funding model that addresses casualisation, job insecurity and wage theft. While Education Minister Jason Clare says he won't be drawn on specifics yet. I'm not going to respond to individual recommendations today, but I've been pretty clear about what are my priorities. I want to make sure that more kids from the outer suburbs and the regions get a crack at university and succeed when they get there. I want to put more kids on Smart Street. And that's what this is all about. Magnesi-style financial sanctions and travel bans have been imposed on seven prison officials Australia's government believes were involved in the mistreatment of Alexei Navalny in a Russian prison. Deputy Prime Minister Richard Miles and Assistant Foreign Affairs Minister Tim Watt have released a joint statement confirming the sanctions. They say the measures are the next step in Australia's efforts to hold to account those responsible for what they have described as grave breaches of Mr Navalny's human rights. The government's first tranche of sanctions were announced on the the 10th of December 2022 and targeted individuals involved in the 2020 poisoning of Mr Navalny. Israeli troops and Palestinian gunmen have clashed throughout the Gaza Strip over the last few days as mediators pick up the pace of peace talks in Europe. Residents say Israeli forces shelled several areas of the enclave as tanks rolled into Beit Lahia while soldiers and gunmen have waged running battles in the Zaytun sector of Gaza City. Negotiators in Paris are trying to reach agreements over a possible ceasefire to free hostages held by Hamas and bring a measure of Ramadan respite to the battered region. In Senegal, candidates have cast ballots in a symbolic vote designed to protest the postponement of presidential elections. The country's election was was scheduled for Sunday but was delayed by incumbent President Macky Sall in a televised speech to the nation on the 3rd of February. Former Mayor Khalifa Sall is one of the candidates who have taken part in the protest vote. He says the postponement is an unacceptable breach of democratic rights. We cannot accept, with a stroke of a pen, being deprived of what is essential to us, that is to say, our freedom and democracy, and above all, our ability to elect our leaders. Protests in Poland have led to the destruction of 160 tons of grain, sparking condemnation from Ukrainian officials. 
Polish farmers have been protesting this month against what they say is unfair competition from Ukraine and European Union environment regulations. They have blocked border crossings with Ukraine and motorways and spilled Ukrainian produce from train wagons. This farmer says the protests will continue as long as low prices and high costs persist and constraints from the EU's Green Deal remain unchanged. At the moment, we have the especially large problem of grain imports to the EU. This has messed up all the prices of anything to do with grain. We are making less than it costs to produce, and if it carries on like this, farmers will most certainly not calm down. Back home, researchers say a quarter of Australians have never heard of a critical heart disease that could impact over half a million people across the country. Heart valve disease is a condition where one or more of the valves in the heart don't open or close properly, which can lead to heart failure and stroke if left untreated. But a new YouGov study has found that a quarter of those surveyed have never heard of the condition despite it being a relatively common condition. CEO of Hearts for Heart, Tanya Hall, says common symptoms such as fatigue, shortness of breath, palpitations and dizziness can often be dismissed. People often think of heart disease as someone who's had a heart attack, but there are many types of heart diseases that exist and few of us are aware of the effects of aging on the cardiovascular system. Heart valve disease can also be associated with silent symptoms, which means that some people living with heart valve disease do not show symptoms or have no symptoms until their disease is severe. And to sport, Penrith have been denied a maiden World Cup challenge title with the powerhouse NRL side beaten by Super League champions Wigan in England. A controversial second-half try for Warriors. Jake Wardo and a gritty defensive display sealed the 16-12 win for the English side. It was the second straight year Penrith have failed to add the world title to their NRL premiership. They lost a heartbreaker March 13-12 to St. Helens at home in 2023. And now having a look at the weather around the country. Broome, cloudy, 33. Perth, cloud clearing, 32 degrees. Adelaide, partly cloudy, 31. Melbourne, cloudy, 21. Hobart, similar conditions, 21. Albury, Wadonga, partly cloudy, 32. Canberra, mostly sunny, 31. Wollongong, a shower, 2, 26. Sydney, sunny, 28. Newcastle, also sunny, 30. Brisbane, sunny, 31. Townsville, isolated thunderstorms, top of 30. Cairns, showers, 32 degrees. Alice Springs, sunny and 38. Darwin, showers and a possible storm, 32. And the Torres Strait Islands, mostly cloudy day ahead and a top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. NITV Radio. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1pm or anytime online. I'm Bertrand Tungandame and you're listening to an ITV radio broadcasting from NAM this Monday afternoon. Coming up next, we have two special studio guests all the way from WA, Ngalama artist, actress and jazz singer Lois Olney and master guitarist Dave Johnson. With our guests, we'll be talking about their ongoing performance in House of the Heart performance that celebrates the Lunar New Year and brings 
dancers and storytellers together in a work that weaves language and culture to explore home, family and how we create a sense of place and heartfelt belonging in this country we all call home. But first, some current affairs stories from an indigenous perspective brought to us by NITV's NOLA program. Remote Northern Territory communities in West Arnhem Land are calling for a Senate inquiry into telco companies operating in the bush. The calls come after a 3G Telstra outage that lasted for three weeks. The system failure impacted local prepaid electricity meters, leaving many without power and in a lot of debt. NITV's Letitia Lemke reports. The remote community of Manigrida has been crippled by a 3G Telstra outage. When Telstra fixed the problem three weeks later, residents received staggering power bills. I got shocked when I went back home and then I got told we debit on like $500. And then we started to get stressed how to find money and pay the power Prepay power meters like this are common in the community. They use the 3G network to send credits straight to the meter. Power and Water says when the outage started, the meters kept the power on, but customers were unable to monitor their power usage. At the moment, they've got these huge, huge debts and it's just not, you know, it's very stressful for for clients and community members um, to have these debts. How are they going to pay them off? There are concerns for aged and disability clients who may have to live without power while repaying debt. And there's a large population of aged and disability in the community. And I think the government really have a um, a responsibility for, for making sure that something happens. So Power and Water and Telstra maybe need to come out in community and actually see what's going on um, and fix it, wipe the debts and fix it so that it doesn't happen again. There are now calls for a Senate inquiry with the communities of Managrita and Warrawi affected. It's just quite appalling and, you know, the, the Northern Territory government knows about the disadvantage that we live through through the wet season and dry season. You know, the communication level is, is just is a must. We have been talking to Telstra uh, directly around that and the lack of communication that went out to the community. That's the really important part. Uh, We know that from time to time systems can go down. We have it here in town as well. We saw the massive outage uh, from Optus. Telstra says the connection issues were initially caused by a mains power outage. Power and Water says it's getting rid of the 3G metres. Power and Water have a um, meter replacement program to um, support the 3G um, changeover. That program is currently ahead of schedule um, and um, will continue to um, focus on delivering that project into communities. Power and Water says it will work with clients through its financial hardship assistance program. In Darwin, Letitia Lemke, NITV News. Queensland traditional owners are celebrating the proposed handback of a large parcel of land in the southwest of the state. But the decision has faced some opposition from the broader community. Dan Rennie reports. Tubia is a quiet little town 330 kilometres southwest of Brisbane. But a planned Queensland government transfer of land to the local Aboriginal corporation has caused some unrest. The high-profile mayor at the centre of the controversy agrees... Things could have been handled better. 
We have encouraged public, uh, public consultation, which is now happening. It should have happened a lot earlier, and if it had have happened, in our view, a lot earlier, then the community would have had the information that was necessary for them uh, to be able to understand this, uh, make uh, their own comments on it and be involved in the process. More than 220 hectares of land and river country will be handed back to the Bigambal Aboriginal Corporation through a freehold transfer. Not everyone in the community is pleased. Michael Offerdale, who runs the Tibia Hotel, said in the statement the town was forming an incorporated association so we can have a democratic legal voice moving forward. And they are united in holding the state and council accountable for public consultation, but remained committed to working collaboratively with all stakeholders. Traditional owners keen to dispel any fears over future access to the reserve. There has been misinformation passed through the community and extended outside of uh, the region. Um, I, can, I have reassured them publicly and I can reassure you today and our broader community that we are not shutting those gates and in fact we will be working with a progress society that Bigambool will establish with local like-minded people to establish what those community access guidelines look like. Elders say the reserve has always been a place for everyone to come together. The majority of the um, Tabea community and the surrounds and, the, and all the farmers are very, very supportive of this transfer going ahead. More community consultation will take place early next month. Dan Renning, NITV News. Traditional owners in Western Australia have, propo- have welcomed a proposed marine park that stretches across the state's southern coastline. Native title owners will jointly manage the park with the state government and while the fishing industry opposes the plan, traditional custodians say all stakeholders must work together. Karen Cox has the details. It's some of Australia's most spectacular coastline. Now a thousand kilometre stretch is to become one big marine park. From Bremer Bay to the South Australian border, It'll become known as the Southwest Marine Park. This is a sustainable, sensible approach. There are four separate management plans to allow for joint management arrangements with the traditional owner groups. It just took us back to the old ways of working. There were no separate boundaries. We merged our language. We merged out with our um, knowledge of the ecosystem um, and we drew on the strength of that merging of people coming across the boundaries. You know, we had respect for each other's country, but we recognised that there were connecting boundaries. Under the plan, 25% of all waterways in the marine park will be declared sanctuary zones. Fishing will be off limits in these areas to preserve the region's biodiversity. We think 25% is quite adequate especially when we're talking about protection of our sea life, um, our ancient dream times of the whale, the sea lions and stuff. And we want to see those into the future too. The fishing industry says the changes will damage their livelihood. But the State Environment Minister says the sanctuary zone will still be open for fishing. When you still have 75% uh, of the vast majority of the marine park open to all forms of catching fish, uh, whether it's commercial fishers, recreational fishers, 
it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't stand up to logic. The government says the park will also provide opportunities for nature-based tourism and diversify the local economy. Western Australians have until June to have their say on the marine park. Karen Cox, NITV News. And that's the last story brought to us by NITV's NOLA program. We must now step aside for a short break. And when we come back, a conversation with our studio guests, blues and jazz singer Louise Olney and master guitarist Dave Johnson. Stay tuned. Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio. Outside the sun is shining. And that was uh, the last sad song by Nganama Woman, Lois Olney, also featuring master guitarist Dave Johnson. And I'm glad to say both Lois and Dave have just joined us on NITV Radio. Lois and uh, Dave, first of all, welcome and thanks for joining us on NITV Radio today. Thank you, Bertrand. Lovely to be here. Yeah, now you're here in Nam, all the way from WA for the second season of House of the Heart, currently taking place at the Chinese Museum in uh, Melbourne. It's an event that celebrates the uh, of the dragon, love, bringing together. It brings together dancers and storytellers in a work that weaves language, culture, explores home, family, and the, the journeys that we've all travelled to get to where we are in this country that we call home. Yes. Tell us about uh, your participation in this. I know it's season two. We caught up last year during season one. This is season two. How has the journey been? Uh, it's just as passionate as season one. <laughs> Even more joy because uh, the crew are like my theatre family, an extension of just goodwill and the energy of each performer is brilliant and encapsulating. Um, I'm one of many talented artists of Moira and Smith production shows that Moira Finucane and Jackie Smith put together. They're extremely talented and thoughtful people in directing us all to participate in their shows. And you can see by the um, energy of the play when you do come that it is a... uh, Quite a powerful and moving um, collection of artists. Yeah, they're all very talented artists uh, from diverse backgrounds. I can think of uh, Paul Cordero, who is of uh, Chinese, Portuguese origin, uh, Sophie Ko, yourself, uh, Ngalama Woman, and Dave. So many different uh, backgrounds with a lot of energy, a lot of um, actually. What I can say of the show, some of them just get you riveted, you listen, and your art in awe. And I could see, actually, some actually couldn't help even, you know, wipe a tear after some performances, especially your story, Lois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long journey of um, um, sort of survival, in a way, to um, be understood as a stolen generation child, and adopted into a prominent family and um, given the best of opportunities and uh, that's how I met Moira when I was a child. At 12 we became besties as children and we've never looked back on the friendship. So it helped, 
you know, to be part of her shows with her partner Jackie is uh, just mind-blowing for me and just a, um, a wonderful experience to enjoy the journey of her, her talents with Jackie and um, also to uh, bring Dave Johnson into this because he's, he's part of the family as well. <laughs> and it's a lovely family to be, be part of. Yeah, it's a, quite a, a fantastic cast, really. It's um, just that they have so much to offer, from um, Rachel Lewenden, who is just this amazing genius on the theremin and a piano and a fantastic producer, and Zhao Zhao on cello. And like she is just like this beautiful river that just flows through the whole play. Like her music is just stunning, and it's just holds the, the show together with this beautiful, heartfelt cello. Yeah, and it's uh, the setting is in the Chinese museum in this uh, dragon, I forgot the name of the, the, the hall, the specific hall, but with a really special decoration with dragons and um, very old and uh, precious um, artefacts. How does it feel performing in such a place? And also it's a small museum and uh, with a re- restricted number of... Uh, dragons. Of, uh, d- no, the many yeah. dragons, but the number of people who can attend. Very it's a intimate. very intimate. How yeah. does it feel playing in such an intimate setting? Oh, look, yeah. Intimate audiences are really the best audiences to play to. You can sort of really hold them and um, really connect. You, know, you can sort of see people sort of the way they're responding to the songs and that helps you even give more into the song yeah because you can thing. there's a, an interaction with the public as well that's yeah. something that's uh, pretty special about this show because it's an interaction you throw ribbons and uh, people share their stories and uh, I had uh, actually I was uh, caught unawares when I was asked to also speak at the event and say what do I have in my heart of the house <laughs> but yeah and I, what did you say but what was in your uh, heart it's just a, a wish for love in everyone's heart and uh, call for peace uh, all over the world that's uh, that is a beautiful thing yeah yeah, yeah. no it's just unawares and how to step in and say something which was uh, magic just to be in such a beautiful setting. Now, Lois, you sang a song that really, really, really touched the audience. And mm. as I said, which earlier, one are you talking about? The first song. It's a beautiful one. Uh, Aut- autumn leaves. Yes. Oh, uh, autumn leaves is. Um, we have since found out it was a French song, didn't we, Dave? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had no idea. It was like a. An anthem to the French, of because they um, of love, of of um, an, an endearing love, and so I sing the song for my ex partner who was the fa- the father of my son, and both have since passed, and uh, are in heaven together, so I couldn't think of a better place for father and son to be. Uh, besides, you know, being part of this earth. But um, the spirit world in my way, in my background of spirituality, is that they are together and they're safe. 
That's a song that uh, actually touched everyone. Everyone was quiet while you're playing, and then at the end, it's just people were having yeah. a tear, and uh, yeah, very moving performance mm. with your voice coming out and really touches everyone deep in their heart. Now, we must go to a quick break, and when we come back, we continue our conversation with our guests, Lois Olney and Dave Johnson. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to NITV Radio, broadcasting from NAM uh, this Monday afternoon. And uh, today we've got a special guest, Ngarama Woman, Lois Olney, and Master Guitarist, uh, David, Master Guitarist David, Dave Johnston, who have uh, been uh, touring Melbourne, uh, performing uh, in the heart, House of Heart, no, House of the Heart, a celebration of the Lunar New Year and love. And I'm happy to say that Dave has accepted to play a song for us, one of the songs that uh, really captivated the audiences at uh, one of the shows. All right. Here we go. This is... This is Autumn Leaves that I sing for my son's father. He has since left this world. And I sing it from my heart to him because he gave me my son. Ooh, 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 ooh
follow I generally just follow <laughs> because uh, I can't have that uh, energy that they, that they have I um, have a severe disability of lymphedema so um, it is a struggle from day to day just getting motivated and getting out the door and you know doing the day-to-day things that most able-bodied people can do and must can I please say, Bertram, I have a dear health worker here, Nima, who is my third leg and is an absolutely dynamic help to me and a blessing. And she works for NDIS and I, I am on NDIS and she's been my angel. So I'd like to say thank you very much, Nima. Thanks, Nima is uh, with us in the studio today, but uh, we haven't set up a microphone for her to say a word or two, but really we extend her, really our gratitude to our work with you and yes, uh, the work do. she does, because they do a tremendous... She has done above and beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since the last time we caught up, it was uh, more than a little more than a year ago. I know, Dave, you work with uh, youth in detention, and I've learned that you, Lois, you embarked on some exciting projects. Maybe we'll start with Dave. Tell us about how you've been uh, working, especially uh, with the youth in detention. How has the work been going uh, lately? Look, it's um, it's an incredibly rewarding job to go in and work with kids. I mean, you know, kids are just delightful anywhere. It's also incredibly heartbreaking because it's a very hard, hard place for any child to be and you know, I've work, been working with kids as young as 10 and, and I, it just shouldn't be shouldn't be um, but my role is to go in there and, and teach music and I go in there every time I go in those gates I just go, I am just going to have a great time with these kids and we're going to find out which songs they love and we're going to sing them and play them and that's my goal when I go in there. And 
Music is such a wonderful tool to work with kids, especially young teenagers, you know. they Sometimes they can really build their self-esteem and their hope, hope and, you know, really explore their softer side through music and and through their words and it's yeah it's do you work in robin uh, detention youth detention center only or you work across many other detention centers no i only okay. work in one and that's um banksy hill in in perth yeah okay banksy yeah. hill which has been in the news for the wrong reasons all the wrong reasons yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i guess the problem is you know there's just there is only one we did do youth detention in we in did do one day where we the women's prison oh we did do that yeah. yes we did. We, myself and Lois, went and played for the women at Bandy Up yeah. a few years back. So yeah. you only teach them music or other projects, also to rehabilitate them and help them actually rejoin uh, the community uh, successfully. My 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 role is really particularly just the music, but I often I don't have much contact with the kids once they leave. I'm I'm, I'm not allowed to, but um, when they leave, I'll, I'll give them a guitar. Or I'll try and rustle up a drum kit if they're, they're really into drums and send that off to the youth worker. And and I, and I just cross my fingers that, you know, I've taught them enough music that when they go out, they are going to have some, a little more to hold on to when they go out to the world. Yeah, and I've seen some successful, really, really successful programs where the youth learn how to paint or some art. Or, you know, they learn art, they learn to sing, write, and so on. And uh, when they come out, they are actually really very good at what they do, and uh, they can make a living out of it. So, yes, yeah, yeah. And there's some talented kids in there. You know, there's talent all around us, and and there's a lot of talent at, 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 in the youth attention. I think when when kids really have the the hard end of life, you know, I, th- I th- often think where the blues came from. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's often not a happy place. But you know, music is there to support, and and it, and particularly when kids are having a really difficult time, they can really lean on. And I, that's when I, th- I I see the real heart and truth of things is when that music comes out of them. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Yeah, and coming back to Lois. Lois, you've also been very busy. Mm-hmm. I heard through the grapevine that uh, you've uh, started your own radio show. Yes, I, I've been invited by Nara Radio to be a participant for a year to um, learn radio, be on the other side of the microphone and like yourself and, um, and interview people. And uh, they really needed a... a well, they, they call me the personality for as an Alama woman, because it was an in, it's an Indubadi radio station, mainly run by, and um, mainly run by the sponsor who's Michael Woodley. Um, he's quite a, a powerful person in the community. He's a mover and shaker. I must give take my hat off to him. But uh, in the community of Roburn, which is a small country town and very um, hot, uh, like 40-something, 39 in the shade. It is um, stifling hot weather and challenging. I come from there, I was born there, and removed at eight months old, stolen generation. So to go back is an absolute pleasure, to be around my family and to be in country and be around my father, who was the head elder 
of our tribe. Yeah. Now let's have a listen to one of uh, your songs, Sister, and then we continue the conversation. a sister by uh, Lois Olney, who is just uh, with us uh, today in the studio. Lois, can you tell us about this uh, song of yours we just played? This song I wrote for, um, well, originally we were doing a play. Um, I was a, a first-year student for um, indigenous, indigenous Actors, uh, working with being accredited by Edith Cowan Performing Arts uh, Academy. And so uh, we got credited by them, and um, it was a, a inspiration by Michael uh, Michael Leslie, who was a dancer and a wonderful human being for um, uh, bringing all sorts of theatre and dance. He's actually a jazz ballet dancer so, and indigenous himself. Um, I think originally from Queensland, but he was inspirational in getting 30-something students from all over Australia to come and do his course. And um, first-year students in the acting industry, we learned everything about acting. And we were doing a play called A Blackfellow Version of Romeo and Juliet. So uh, we had to write these songs uh, to join, to make the play ours on, uh, as a version of Romeo and Juliet. I was Romeo's mother in the play, and um, Kamal was Romeo, and uh, one of the other young ladies, I've since forgotten her name, but she was the Juliet of the play. So I wrote the song to give a feel of sense of sisterhood, and um, also in motherhood, because uh, the sister girls grow and have children and things like that, then the despair of um, this discomfort of not being appreciated as a woman in um, black communities. There's a lot of domestic violence where I come from and um, dysfunctional issues that go along with um, domestic violence. And so those are the issues that um, I sing about for sister girls in, in poor those sort of songs, my heart into those sort of songs to create a, a healing place of song. Yeah, very powerful, very, very powerful. And coming back to the show, The House of the Heart, uh, it's been around now for a couple Just of two weeks, weeks almost, yeah. Yeah, and there's a few more days to go. And uh, I realised though, some of the performers who are listed, especially the star Mama Alto was not present because she's in New York. No, but I think she is coming back for the very last week. Um, so the show has two more weeks to go. Um, so it's running from Thursdays to Saturdays. Uh, Thursdays to Sundays, sorry. Um, so Thursdays to Saturdays are at seven. Doors are open at seven and Sundays doors open at five. Um, and Mama Alto is... We, we are doing, doing this week... This is our last week in the show, and then we head back to Perth, and then uh, Mama Alto is coming. I think um, the Mu- the Muirs are also stepping in to do some 
But Mama Alta, I think, has just come back from the States. She's yeah, been doing she's some... A, yeah, um, she's, a, she's a treasure. She's a treasure. She's a high demand. She's everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. National treasure. Yeah. And so we've got only two more weeks to go, Ten up to the 10th of March. That will be the last uh, show, yeah. which uh, I hear will feature Mama Alt, one of the most anticipated uh, artists besides the two of you. And uh, the others, uh, all these are superstars, actually, from right across Australia and the world, actually. Yeah. Zitao Deng is, is, is another um, up and uprising star, and she's um, an incredible voice. And um, yeah, every time she 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 sings, it just lifts my heart. Yeah. Now, as we age towards the close, the end of our program, I'd like to thank you very much for taking the time to join us on NITV Radio, share your stories. You're very welcome. And uh, pleasure. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you over the next couple of weeks at House of the Heart. I will never stop uh, turning up and uh, enjoying your performances. Now, maybe we let's close on uh, one of your songs. Okay. I'm going to, uh, I've been playing this one. This is um, a song that I wrote, particularly thinking of some of the kids that have been teaching um, at Banksy Hill. But it's called Let the Anger Go. And I'm I'm just going to sing this one to the world at the moment because the world could do with a little releasing or getting rid of some of the anger. It's too much. I know you're hurting But you can't put it into words You've got a history That keeps knocking at your door Nothing ever changes When you're pushing against the grain Don't you walk away Take all the love you can find 